This morning we're continuing the series on shape. I, uh, I heard a story this week about uh, three sons who... Um, uh, their mother's uh, birthday was coming up. Their mother was kind of uh, uh, elderly. Father had passed away. And mother was uh, elderly, and the, her birthday was coming up. The boys wanted to get her something nice, and, and the mother and father had been really successful in life, and so all three sons were also very, very successful, and they were very wealthy, and so uh, one son, of course, these sons, you know how they compete. Uh, one of them bought his mother this beautiful, incredible Mercedes, and the third son, he bought his mother uh, this uh, talking parrot that would uh, actually say anything you want in any language, and she could recite the entire Bible. Uh, so these sons got together, and they, they talked about these expensive gifts, and they were trying to outdo one another. And the first one said, yeah, I spent uh, you know, quite a lot of money on this big house for mom. And the second one's like, you have no idea how much I spent on this new Mercedes. It was incredible. The third son said, yeah, but you guys have no idea how much you spend on a bird like this. It is inc- I mean, the money is unbelievable. So as they were trying to outdo each other, one of the sons said, let's call our mom and see what she thinks, whose gift was better. So she, they, they called their mom, and all three of them got her on the phone. And she said, well, to be honest, to the first son, she said, to be honest, guys, that, that house is just too big for me. I mean, I live in two rooms. I don't need 40 rooms. That mansion was just too big, to be honest. And I don't really drive anymore. My eyesight's going bad. Um, and that Mercedes, I'll probably never really drive it. But man, that chicken was awesome. He made a great soup. <laughs> so you just never know. You just never know, do you? We started this series a few weeks back. We took a little bit of a break last week for a Mother's Day and for my birthday, of course. I'm just kidding. Uh, and, uh, uh, but we started this a couple of weeks ago uh, on shape. And what we're trying to do in this series is help everybody understand really who they are. We started out with spiritual gifts. And I don't want to review too long, but just want to remind you that spiritual gifts are the things that God gives us. And the moment that we receive Christ as our Savior, he usually gives us one or more of those spiritual gifts. Nobody has all of them. And he does that for the sole purpose of motivating us and driving us to serve the body of Christ. They're not superpowers, uh, if you receive the, the gift of serving, you don't become just the greatest servant in the universe, but you're motivated to serve. You're, you're inclined to serve. You may eventually do it better as you learn to do it, uh, but it, it's a really more of an internal motivator and a, uh, kind of a, a, a draw to doing it than anything else. Then we talked about our heart's desire. The reality is God's put some things in our own hearts. And not, of us are, not all of us are motivated the same way. Uh, some of us are really driven to minister to, to those in physical need. Uh, some of us are driven to minister to children. Some of us are driven to minister to those with spiritual needs. Uh, the, the reality is there are so many things that God, uh, so many people that God wants to reach on this planet, he motivates us in different ways. And so we need to kind of understand our own heart's desire, uh, the heart's desire that he's put in us. Uh, then we talked about our abilities and talents. Now, these are natural abilities and talents. They're things that uh, we have a, a sense of from the very beginning. If you go to a first grade class, you can see that some students are really uh, drawn to mathematics and they do it really well while others struggle. Uh, some are better at language arts or art or music or whatever those things are. Uh, we have some um, basic natural abilities and talents that God has put in us. They're different than spiritual gifts, but they're abilities and talents. Today, we're going to talk about personality, and then next week, we'll talk about experience and how God has brought experiences into our lives to do two things, really, uh, to shape us, to become more like Christ, and then also uh, to, uh, to uh, prepare us for ministry to other people. 
And so today, I want us to just talk, as we go through these things, talk about personality. Um, I want us to talk about this today because it's really, and I know you guys are looking at that guy thinking, man, he's praying for a personality. No, everybody has a personality, okay? Now, I know that some of us uh, immediately think, well, I don't have the big, you know, boisterous, out front personality. I could never stand on a stage and talk to people. I could never do that, so I probably don't even have a personality. Not true, not true. All of us have a personality. We are wired and designed exactly how God wanted us to be. And it's important that we learn about our own personality. Now listen, the Bible doesn't talk a lot about this. Uh, most of the stuff we talk about, I know some of you are going to like, wow, where are all the verses? We're used to reading a whole bunch of verses in our, our sermons. And there's not a lot on, on this in the scriptures, uh, but we'll read a few. But, but um, there's not a lot on it. But we want to talk about it anyway because it's important that we understand ourselves. Now psychologists have worked for years to try and really understand the personality, and they really, uh, you know, you can't really get it. I mean, you can't really uh, personify it, you can't measure it, you can't really draw it out in any particular exact way. But um, there are some things that are seen, and they're seen early on. I mean, you can go to uh, the toddler room over here or the preschool room and see little children, even early on personality traits coming out, can't you? I mean, you can see their little sinful natures and, and you know, who's selfish and who hits and, you know, all these kinds of things. Um, in fact, my mother uh, tells a story that when I was born, uh, the doctor said that I was born with my eyes wide open with my thumb already in my mouth. And he said, looks like we've got a live one here. And she said, it's never stopped since. Uh, there are also a lot of assessments that we can take. I know that most of you may have done these probably in your companies. Uh, they all stem from the basic work done by Hippocrates around 400 BC uh, when he determined that there are basically four types of temperaments or personalities. And there's all kinds of variations on this. There's the, I know there's an assessment that gives you colors. There's an assessment that gives you animal names. And there's the DISC assessment. And was in uh, uh, human relations and doing a lot of these assessments and, and, and helping people to figure out who they are. So I'm familiar with all those kind of things. Uh, I want you to know that they're good, they're good to help us kind of figure out who we are. But it's important to understand there are no good and bad personalities. They're just different. That's all. Uh, like many other things, when we talked about spiritual gifts, uh, there are no spiritual gifts that are, that are better than others. And you know, I, you know, I got gypped because God didn't give me the ones I wanted. Uh, we shouldn't think that way. Uh, and so don't think that you should have a personality like somebody else. Don't want to be anybody else. You need to want to be you. And so as we talk about this today, and I give you a little bit of help to kind of figure out who you are, I want you to try and just think about uh, embracing who you are, all right? So resist the temptation to be somebody that you weren't created to be. I do want to share with you a couple of verses that I think give us some foundation here. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. And then Ephesians 2.10 it says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, while these two verses don't talk a lot about the personality and four personality types and all this stuff, uh, the reality is we see here that God is a planner, and he planned for us to be a part of his plan. <laughs> we are part of his plan. Uh, there is a place for each and every one of us to minister to people, to be a part of the body of Christ. We are not some random accident, but we are a piece of God's puzzle as he created the universe. Uh, every single one of us is uh, the same value here, although we were all very different. I often use, and when I talk about spiritual gifts, I often use the example of who's, who's more important, a teacher or a student? 
And of course, as we think through that, it's, well, you, the teacher's pretty important because, you know, they're the ones with all the information. And they, but what if they don't have any students? The teacher's worthless. The, the teacher can't do anything without students. What if you have a student and no teacher? They can't gain any new information. They can't learn anything. Oh, I know, we've got the internet today. But I'm just saying in this example, they don't really have that. And so what we see there is the teacher and the student are of equal value to each other while they hold completely different roles. They, they pro provide uh, totally different uh, information to this relationship. And so as we talk about our personalities today, um, I want you to just think in terms of, of not good or bad or better or worse or whatever, but really think in terms of just understanding who I am because who God made you to be is who you should try to be, not anybody else. So there are basically two ways to kind of think about our personalities. We're not going to go through the, the four personality types this morning. Uh, that's a little too uh, uh, psychobabble for me on a, on a Sunday morning. Uh, but we're going to be doing that uh, on Sunday nights through the summer. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts and, and really go into detail about each spiritual gift and then uh, give you all the opportunity to take a, a, uh, an assessment that will go through the DISC personality types and also your spiritual gifts just to help you kind of figure out who you are so you can figure out how you fit into the body of Christ in a better way, uh, if that will help you. But there's two basic kind of ways to think about our personalities. I'm going to talk about some of those uh, kind of opposites. And I want you to kind of think about where you are. And in your community groups this week, as you meet with others, uh, be, be, be willing to share that with. And I know you're saying, well, some of us are more apt to share than others. Yeah, I know that's part of your personality. But uh, I want everybody to kind of share who they are and, and share the process of just figuring out who you are if you've never gone through anything like this. Uh, so let's talk first about this. We need to talk about how we relate to others. How do I relate to others? Because we basically uh, see these uh, personality types in two big uh, groups. If life is all about relationships, and by the way it is, our relationship to God and others, then how we relate is important for us to understand. How we relate is important for us to, to figure out and know so that we do it well. So I'm going to give you some kind of words that are they're kind of opposites uh, and, and help you to maybe figure out uh, where you are on the spectrum. So the first one is outgoing and reserved. Now, as you write these down in your notes, I want you to also maybe take an X or a circle something somewhere, but you don't have to do one of the two extremes. Maybe put where you are on the continuum. So if you're really outgoing, put it way over here to the left. If you're really, really reserved, put it over here on the right. And if you're somewhere in the middle, put it where it goes. So we see people that are basically either outgoing or they're reserved. You know, some people really prefer crowds. They really like to connect in a big crowd. They, they feel at home in a big crowd, and some people uh, are really uncomfortable there. They're very reserved. You know, do you build deep relationships with just a few people? Are you reserved in that? Or do you tend to build maybe a whole lot of relationships with a whole lot of people of, of varying different uh, depths? That would mean you're more outgoing. Uh, do you start conversations with people you don't know? That's a good uh, question to ask yourself. Now, as most of you know me, I'm, I'm kind of far on the left-hand side of this outgoing. I don't have any problem starting up a conversation with anybody, anywhere, anytime. It doesn't bother me. In fact, it's very natural for me. And I know some of you are you're like, wow, the, even the thought of that freaks me out. And you're probably more reserved. Uh, do you, are you hesitant and do you sit back in a large group of people or do you jump right in and, and try to be a part of what's going on? Those are all questions to help you kind of figure out where you're at on this outgoing or reserved uh, piece. The next continuum is are you expressive or are you more controlled? 
How do you communicate? Do you share your feelings freely with people you don't know? You know, there's some of us who are very, very expressive. And we, we like, we get charged up by just sharing everything about us the first time we meet. You know, we want you to know uh, everything about how we think and feel and all that kind of stuff. Uh, everything about us. Other people are like, hmm... I don't think so. I'll, I'll, I'll let this seep out a little bit over time in our relationship. They're just more controlled. Uh, do you withhold those thoughts and feelings? If you are, you're more controlled. Do you seek opportunities to share your life with others? You're probably more expressive. If you only let a few people really get to know who you are, you're probably more controlled. And you're probably very careful about who you share that with. Again, don't think in terms, I'm probably going to say this 10 times this morning, don't think in terms of, oh, expressive must be better because they're just sharing it with everybody. No, it's not better. <laughs> Sometimes it can mess you up to do that also. So don't think in better or worse, just think of just where I am in this continuum. The third one is cooperative and competitive. The competitive people find importance in achievement. They want to win. Uh, do you enjoy winning? You're probably more competitive. Uh, if you're more cooperative, you want everybody to win. You're, you're one of those people that loves participation medals. You know, if you just participate, we all get a medal. Uh, uh, you, you look for ways to make others content. Uh, if you're cooperative, you look for ways to, to help everybody win. Uh, you know, uh, my wife and I are, are at opposite ends of this also. I'm incredibly competitive, and she's incredibly cooperative. So she just thinks, you know, we, we watch the Super Bowl, and, you know, if, if the team wins that I want to win, I'm all excited and everything. And she just says, there, well, I just really feel bad for those other guys. I'm like, what? They're getting millions of dollars. Don't feel bad for those guys. But that's just a, how our personalities come out, you know, it's how we kind of relate. And by the way, if, if you guys are looking at your uh, spouses, yeah, we all marry opposites. I know how that is, all right? So we talked about how we relate to others, but then we also want to talk about how I respond to opportunities because they're kind of the two big categories. How do I relate and how do I respond in situations? Are you a high-risk or a low-risk person? Now, high-risk people, uh, they, they thrive in, in opportunities uh, that are high-risk but also can mean failure. Uh, how, do we, how do we react to change? High-risk people love change. Let's just try it. Maybe it'll be better. It could be even greater than it is. And low-risk people are, why should we try anything? It's pretty good like it is. Why would we mess it up? It might be worse. And so we have this tendency to think in, in low risk. Uh, do you relish chaotic environments? High-risk people, they love uh, chaos. You know, they love to go to the circus. And there's three rings and there's two acts on the side. And they're watching it all and they're taking it all in. And they're high-risk people. And then the low-risk people are like, I wish I just have one little ring and one thing at a time so I can watch it and focus on it, you know? Uh, also, are you a people person or a projects person? People or projects? Some of us are people people, and we could care less if we get anything done in life as long as we get to do it with everybody else, okay? Uh, others of you are very project-oriented. You want to you know, get things done. In fact, project people are the ones that probably complete most projects. Most people people start projects but don't finish them. Uh, uh, are you a people person? Do you, do you love to connect with people? Or do you really want to have a to-do list to get stuff done every day? Do you like to work in a large group? 
Or do you like to work one-on-one? You know, some, some of us love to work in a large group where we're all participating together for a common cause, and some of us like to work one-on-one. I'm just better at working on my own. I can get stuff done better just by myself than trying to help others do it also. Some of us uh, uh, on follow and lead, some of us, um, you know, are, are kind of born uh, followers, and some of us are kind of born leaders as part of our personality. Do you find yourself in positions of leadership without even uh, trying? Probably a leader. Uh, by the way, this is one of the ones that I think people get really hung up on is that leaders are better than followers. No, 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 no. Again, if you don't have any f- good followers, you don't have any good leaders. But do you feel more comfort following someone else, not wanting the responsibility to, to lead? Leaders want to impact others with their life. They want to have a big impact. Followers kind of like, are, well, I want an impact, but I'd like to do it with a group. I'd like to be led. I'd like to be told. I'd like to, to you know, have somebody show me what to do. Do you receive fulfillment by helping others succeed? That would be more of a leadership trait. I just want to help others do it. So you're wanting to lead so that you can help them. Are you more of a team person or a solo person? Do you prefer to work in groups or do you prefer to work really by yourself? Are you energized by being at a stadium full of people and, and, and everybody's yelling and there's chaos going on? Are you energized by that or are you energized by sitting in a chair reading a book looking out the window? Now, this is another place where my wife and I are incredibly uh, opposite. You know, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a team guy. I want to I be in the stadium, and I like the chaos, and I like lots of people. And she really gains energy. When she's tired, when she uh, wants to gain some energy, she sits and reads. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so boring. I need some action. Let's go do something, you know. Uh, so this is another place where we kind of uh, tend to, to uh, marry opposites. Uh, are you a routine person or a variety person? Do you have a high capacity for stuff and you spin a lot of different plates, got a lot of things going on at the same time? Uh, then you're probably a variety of person. Or do you prefer to complete one thing before you go to the next? That's a more routine person. Routine people uh, gravitate a lot towards manufacturing where they can just stand and do the same task all day long. Some people enjoy that. It's like, I love doing it. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what I'm supposed to get here. I know what the rules are. I know where the box is. I love to live in it, and I'm just doing my thing. Other people want variety, and so they gravitate towards jobs and and careers uh, where you don't do the same thing every day. There's something new every day. No matter where you are on all of these continuums, and I made this point earlier, but I really want to focus on it for a minute, embrace who God made you to be. Embrace it. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't even desire to be somebody else. In fact, when I was putting this sermon together, I first had the word uh, uh, accept who God made you to be. But I changed it because I don't want you to just accept it. I don't want you to go, yeah, I guess... After kind of looking at who I am, I, I guess this is who I am. I guess I got to accept it. Uh, like you got the wrong end of the deal or, you know, you got the losing number in the lottery. Don't, don't look at it that way, okay? I want you to embrace it. This is who God made me to be because I'm the only me that can do this, can be this. I want you to embrace it. The fact is you'll find the most fulfillment even serving in the kingdom of God by embracing your created purpose and fulfilling what your creator made you to do. And by the way, God uses all personality types in the Bible. 
if you look, uh, there are all kinds of, of personalities in the New Testament, especially in the book of Acts. When you look at the apostles, uh, you'll see a guy like Paul, who is educated. He's a, a, a common sense guy. Um, uh, he's, he's, he's disciplined. Uh, I mean, the guy's got it together. Then you look at Peter. You know, this guy's like, like willy-nilly everywhere, and he's, 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 you know, just out there, and he's making a big splash, but he puts his foot in his mouth sometimes, and he, he does a very different personalities. You look at Luke. You know, Luke is a doctor, and, and when you read the, the book of Luke and the book of Acts, you see how detailed it is. This guy's a real detailed man. He's, he's very disciplined, kind of like Paul, but their personalities are three different personalities right there in just those three guys. And so, so, folks, God uses all personality types. He wants to use you how he made you. He doesn't want you to be somebody else. He wants you to be, really, who he created you to be. So spend some time this week thinking about these things, talking about or putting down on there on your notes where you are in all of these continuums. Talk in your community groups about it. Uh, try to just figure out who you are. I'm amazed that a lot of us, unless we're forced to spend time doing this, we don't really spend a lot of time just reflecting on who we really are, who God made us to be. In the last few minutes of today, I want to talk about this because I think it's really important. And I see this happening a lot, and it comes up in conversations a lot. But don't use who you are, quote, who you are, to justify sinful behavior. I see it a lot in counseling couples. Premarital counseling, marital counseling, family counseling. I see a lot of it. Hey, you know what? I, I've never been a forgiving person. Ever since I was a little kid, I'd never, I don't forgive anybody. So that's just who I am. I'm just an unforgiving person. You just got to accept that. I'm just unforgiving. Folks, we can't think that way. We can, that may be who we were born to be like, but that's not a part of our personality. That's a part of our human sinful nature. That's different. That's different. But we have a tendency sometimes to say, well, this sinful behavior has always been a part of my life, so it's just part of my personality. It's who I am, and so it needs to be you know, embraced. No, we don't embrace those things. My rudeness is just the way I was born. I've always told people what I think. I've always just blurted stuff out. I've always just said whatever comes to my mind. Uh, so you know, my rudeness is just a part of who I am. Accept it. No. That's part of being a sinner and just not caring about other people's feelings. When a person receives Christ as their Savior, he begins to change them from the inside out. Now, he generally doesn't change our personalities. What he does is he reigns them in. He reigns them in. And so while, uh, you know, part of my personality is I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, like Peter. Uh, things come to my mind quick. I'm very quick-witted. But that also means that, you know, the distance from my heart to my brain to my mouth is very small. And it can come out really fast, okay? So the, everything that pops into my head sometimes comes out my mouth. Now, now, before I was a Christian, that was just how it was. But, but now that I have come to know Christ as my Savior, I not only have a filter <laughs> that it pops into my heart, it goes to my brain, and before it gets to my mouth, I go, no, that's really a rude thing to say. I'm not going to say that. So I've got a little bit of filter, but you know what happens even more? Is while my mind still works very quickly and, I, and things come, come to my brain fast, I'm a more of a reaction person than a processor, the difference is my heart changes. 
And so some of the rude things that used to just come out of my mouth quick, they don't even get birthed in my heart because my heart's different. It's different towards God. It's different towards other people. It's different towards people who are far from God. And so while our personalities don't change, as a, a person who's uh, uh, not received Christ as their Savior yet, our personalities kind of just like flung out there without any reins at all. But while our personality stays the same, then when we become a Christian and Christ comes into our heart, he begins to change our heart and our mind. Our personality is the same, but how it comes out is different. It's more disciplined. It's more loving. It's more caring. It's, it's, it's the same personality instead of being and coming out in the fruit of the flesh, it's coming out in the fruit of the spirit. Okay? And so what we want to be careful not to do is to say, well, this sinful behavior that I participate in, it's just who I am. It's just who I have always been, and so you need to accept it. I want to, I want to help us to resist that. I want to beg you to resist that. Uh, don't make excuses for those things. And most of the time, uh, you know, in raising my three children, um, when they would say things like that, well, this is, you know, we'd talk about some behavior, and they'd say, well, that's just who I am. I, I won't. No. You don't have to be that way. You don't have to be that way. You need to focus more on giving your life to Christ more and, and, and let him have rule and reign in your life more, and you won't be like that. So let's not use our personalities as an opportunity to justify our sinful behavior. Next week, we're going to talk about our experiences and how God uses those. And by the way, just as a reminder... I want to remind you that, that God's purpose in creating us is not to make us happy. His purpose in working with us and giving us all of these different things is not to make our life easy. It's not to make uh, uh, us, you know, everything in our life hunky-dory. That's not his purpose for us. If you're looking for God to do that in your life, you've come to the wrong God and you've come to the wrong church. That's not who God is. God's purpose for us is that he wants to make us more like Jesus, and he will do anything he has to do to make that happen. And sometimes that's really hard. Sometimes that's really painful. It's really difficult. Because he's, he's like knocking the rough edges off of a stone to make a great sculpture out of us. His goal is to make us more like Jesus and make us fit for the kingdom so that we can love and serve others. He wants us to participate in the body of Christ in a way uh, that we are fulfilling everything that he has put in us. He's gone to a lot of trouble to create us, to give us all these life experiences. I can, I can point to probably uh, 20 life experiences that have had a huge, huge impact on the way that I see and treat people. And so we'll talk about that next week. Be sure and come and be a part of that. But listen, as you talk this week in your community groups about your personality, uh, be open and honest and just really learn to embrace who God made you to be so that you can find the right place in the kingdom to serve him for the rest of your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for your spirit that lead and guide us. Father, we're thankful for the way that you created each of us. I can't be anybody else, and no one can be me. 
Father, we pray as we go through the rest of this series, as we end it next week, I pray that you'll help us to really understand our, our personal shapes so that we can work together, so that we can grow the kingdom. Father, we acknowledge to you that this is not a place where Christians just come and congregate to feel better about ourselves. But we want to be a true and living church, the body of Christ, who, while we love each other and enjoy each other and are good to one another, we reach out to a world that is hurting and lost and needs to find you. God, we can only do that when each person plays their part when we live out the body completely by every piece doing exactly what you have designed us to do. And so, Lord, help us to understand ourselves. Help us to understand who you've created us to be, what you have invested in us, so that we can fulfill your calling for each one of us and see you rule and reign in this place and on this earth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.